1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the third quarter 2020 Golden ActiveWear Earnings Conference Call. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. I would now like to hand the conference over to Sophie Argeriu, VP Investor Communications.
0: Please go ahead. Thank you, Misty. Good morning to all and thank you for joining us. Earlier we issued a press release announcing our earnings results for the third quarter of 2020. We also issued our interim shareholder report containing management's discussion and analysis and consolidated financial statements. These documents will be filed with the Canadian Securities and Regulatory Authorities and the U.S. Securities Commission and will be available on the company's corporate website. On the call today, we have Glenn Chamandy, our President and Chief Executive Officer, and Rod Harries, our Executive Vice President and Chief Financial and Administrative Officer. In a moment, Rod will take you through the results for the quarter and a Q&A session will follow. Before we begin, please take note that certain statements included in this conference call may constitute forward-looking statements within the meaning of the US Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Such forward-looking statements involve unknown and known risks, uncertainties, and other factors which could cause actual results to differ materially from future results expressed or implied by such forward-looking statements. We, we refer you to the company's filings with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and Canadian Securities Regulatory Authority that may affect the company's future results. I will now turn the call over to Rod.
2: Thank you, Sophie. Good morning and thank you all for joining us on our third quarter call. We hope that you and your families are healthy and staying safe. This morning, we posted results reflecting a strong recovery from the prior quarter. Sales came back nicely, more than doubling from the second quarter. We saw good retail performance with sales up year over year, driven by momentum in underwear. And although the pandemic continues to weigh on the demand for imprintables used for large events, other areas within this part of our business are growing and mitigating the impact. Further, we are making good progress with our back-to-basic strategy as we continue to focus on servicing our customers with a more streamlined product portfolio, which in turn is allowing us to remove complexity from our business and fully leverage our manufacturing platform to drive market share growth. In this regard, during the third quarter, we saw manufacturing cost efficiencies from our back-to-basic strategy come through as we brought back more capacity online and together with a successful Sequential improvement in product mix as sales improved, we generated growth margin of 22.5%, a strong recovery from the second quarter. This was achieved despite a continuing year-over-year impact from period costs related to below normal manufacturing capacity utilization rates, and, albeit better but suboptimal product mix given the COVID-related environment. Moreover, we kept a strong focus on managing our SG&A expenses, which came in at 10% of sales. So adding all this up, we returned to a profit in the quarter with GAAP EPS of $0.28 cents and adjusted diluted EPS of $0.30. Cents. We were also very pleased with our strong free cash flow generation, $137 million in the quarter, or on a cumulative basis, $300 million in the last two quarters as we continue to tightly manage our working capital and capital expenditures. Finally, our liquidity position at the end of the quarter further improved to $1.3 billion, leaving us in strong financial standing. Before I get into the specifics of the quarter's results, I would like to provide a status update on our manufacturing operations. With improving sales across our channels of distribution, our team did an outstanding job on ramping up production levels during the quarter, bringing back our factory employees to a safe workplace and navigating through the requirements of safety protocols and social distancing measures in this new operating environment. This is not without its challenges, as many in the industry are facing. But nonetheless, with the expertise of our team and the benefit of owning and operating vertically integrated manufacturing operations, our production levels by the end of the quarter, third quarter were back up at 75% of overall pre-COVID capacity. And I can say we've continued to bring more production back on as we have moved into the fourth quarter as our manufacturing team continues to navigate well through this environment. Turning to our operating results, we generated sales of $602 million in the quarter, down 18.6% versus last year, but significantly better than the 71% decline in the second quarter. Activewear sales of $456 million in the quarter were down 26.3%, while sales in the hosiery and underwear category, totaling $146 million, were up 21.2%. Lower activewear sales was mainly due to lower sales volumes of imprintables, Down 21% in North America and 25% in our international markets, together with unfavorable product mix and the impact of the continuation of higher promotional discounting in the U.S. imprintables channel as we continue to drive for share in this environment. Although point of sales was down year over year for our imprintables products, similar levels we saw when we exited the second quarter, trends remained relatively stable through the quarter. On average, POS in North America was down in the 15 to 20 percent level and down twenty-five percent in international markets. Putting these numbers together, you can tell we saw further imprintables distributor destocking in the quarter in North America. However, the level of destocking eased considerably from what we experienced in the second quarter. On the retail side, as I mentioned earlier, growth was driven by the strength of our underwear sales which doubled in the quarter, reflecting strong market share gains related to our men's, private brand, and Gildan brand programs. While hosiery sales were flat sequentially, sales were down slightly compared to last year. Gross margin of 22.5% in the third quarter was down 490 basis points from last year, as manufacturing efficiencies generated from our back-to-basics initiatives and lower raw material costs, were more than offset by a $15 million or 250 basis point impact on gross margin related to unabsorbed overhead costs due to lower manufacturing utilization. Gross margin was also impacted by higher imprintables, promotional discounting, and unfavorable product mix compared to last year. Although product mix impacted margins by 280 basis points in the quarter on a sequential basis. Mix improved significantly compared to the 600 basis point impact we saw in the second quarter, and we expect the negative impact from product mix to continue to reverse as our sales continue to normalize going forward. Moving on to SG&A, SG&A expenses totaled 61.5 million, or 10.2% of sales, down 17.5 million over last year. The decrease stemmed from cost savings related to -to back-to-basics initiatives including lower compensation expenses resulting from permanent workforce reductions announced last quarter, as well as lower volume-driven distribution costs. Adding up all these elements, operating income totaled $68.8 million in the quarter and $73.5 million on an adjusted basis, down from $117.9 million and $122.3 million respectively in the third quarter of 2019. After financial expenses of eleven point four million in the quarter, net earnings totaled fifty-six point four million or twenty-eight cents per diluted share and fifty-nine point two million or thirty cents per diluted share on an adjusted basis. Turning to free cash flow in the balance sheet, as I mentioned at the beginning of my remarks, we delivered another strong quarter of free cash flow performance, generating $137 million in the quarter. Bringing us to a two-quarter cumulative total of over 300 million of free cash flow generated thus far as we move through the pandemic. Further, we expect to build on this level next quarter with a continued strong focus on working capital management. All our key customers are continuing to manage well as they move through this environment, and our DSOs, which had grown in the second quarter, are now well normalized. Inventories at the end of the third quarter were 939 million, down 9% sequentially and 10% compared to last year, as we continue to focus on carefully managing raw materials, WIP, and our finished goods levels. Accordingly, at the end of the third quarter, the company's net debt stood at $850 million. our leverage ratio for debt covenant purposes with two times net debt to adjusted EBITDA, and we ended the quarter with approximately $1.3 billion of liquidity, which provides us with strong flexibility as we move towards 2021 in a still uncertain environment. So overall, a good quarter given the circumstances. Now before opening the call to questions, let me leave you with some commentary on what we are currently seeing in the marketplace. Moving into the fourth quarter, POS trends across our imprintable channels have further improved, averaging for the month of October down in the 10% range in the U.S. and in international markets down between 20 and 25% compared to last year, depending on the market. On the retail side, Sales for most of our products are currently up from last year thus far in the quarter. While this is an encouraging start to the fourth quarter, we nonetheless remain cautious given the ongoing trajectory of the pandemic, particularly with news of the recent surge in cases globally and the unclear global economic outlook and the impact all of this could have on the demand for our products. Having said that, we feel the actions we have taken heading into and during the pandemic have provided us with the financial and operating flexibility to continue to navigate well through the crisis. We are pleased with the continuing progress on our back to basic strategy, and we will continue to focus our efforts in this regard where we can control outcomes regardless of the global environment. For example, having completed our imprintable SKU rationalization initiative last quarter, we're currently performing a strategic retail product review, which we expect to complete by the end of the year as we previously communicated. To the extent our review leads to a decision to rationalize any part of our retail product offering, a related inventory charge could be incurred in the fourth quarter, which we do not currently expect to exceed 25 million. So overall, good work done to date on our back to basic strategy, but more to do as we fundamentally strengthen our competitive position in order to allow us to emerge from this pandemic as a stronger company. Finally, you would have seen that we called out in our press release the recognition that we recently received related to sustainability in the Wall Street Journal's inaugural ranking. We are particularly pleased with this recognition as this reflects the strong culture within Gildan regarding sustainably managing our business. On behalf of the rest of the senior management team, I would like to finish this update by thanking the whole Gildan team who operate with this mindset every day. Thank you. And I will now turn the call back over to Sylvie.
0: Thank you, Rod. Before moving to the Q&A session, I ask that you limit the number of questions to two, and we will circle back for a second round of questions, if time permits. I'll now turn the call over back to the operator for the question and answer session.
1: Steve? At this time, if you would like to ask a question, press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star and the number 1. Your first question is from the line of Paul Louise with Citibank. And Paul, your line is open.
3: Hello?
0: Yes, Paul. Hi, you hear me? Yeah, we hear you.
4: Sorry about that. Um, Just um, curious if you've seen any improvement in the
3: promotional levels within the in principles channel uh, this quarter versus last quarter. Um curious if there are any categories that stand out as being more or less promotional or is it promotions across the board? And you mentioned the sales trends are better this quarter, but curious if anything has changed on the promotional front. And then totally separate. I'm just curious about your raw materials outlook for the first half of 21. Thanks. Okay. Maybe on the promotional look, we've, uh, commented that we are continuing to, you know, drive our back to basic strategy, which includes um, continuing to price and promote our products. Um, And basically, it's allowing us to continue to generate market share and improve our POS. And where we're spending and promoting our products is in the fashion, basics, ring-spun category, Um, our open-end basic t-shirts, and our fleece products. And those are the main three areas that are. Uh, we're promoting, and those are the three big categories that are driving um, our POS and uh, market share gains as we speak. So um, it's not across the board our promotion; it's specifically three to three
2: categories um, um, to date. The second part of your question, Paul, is on raw materials, and I think if you look at raw materials, I mean, cotton prices are going up, but I think if you obviously. Uh, if you look at the lag time, I think in the, in the first half, you won't necessarily see that, but obviously there is some upward pressure as we go forward.
3: Thank you. Good luck, guys. Thank
1: you. And your next question is from Chris Lee with the Jordans.
5: Oh, hi, good morning. Uh, hey, Glenn. Um I, I know we're still far away from the new normal, but I was just curious if you can keep more colors on, on what drove the the POS improvement from Q3 to October, because um, you know, considering your end-user demand, it, that, that's quite an impressive improvement, so if you can provide some more colors on that. It will be much appreciated. Thank you.
3: Well, I mean, even Q3 was, uh, you know, we were pretty excited about the, the improvement in Q3, to be very honest with you. I mean, uh, if you look at the uh, our industry, I mean, we're a little bit like the airline industry. We travel, it's tourism, it's sporting events, it's rock concerts. I mean, none of these things are really uh, come back and uh, social distancing is still a factor. So the good news is, is that our products um, are in stronger than a lifestyle of uh, basic, casual, stay-at-home um, is driving sales. And what is happening is that there's alternative ways of bring product to market. And that's, that's, that's the great news is that we have an efficient industry. Um, We've seen a big insertion in the product and screen-printed T-shirts, and mm-hmm. retail customers, for example, that... Uh, That are now carrying more products. Online reselling um, has been very strong, Um, but at the end of the day, you know, really what we're positioned is we're positioned to have an effective supply chain to support um, the shifting in the market and the shifting of the behavior of how people are consuming and buying the products. And I think that's really the the most important and shining star of this whole thing is that you know, us being able to you know continue to increase our market share. Um, in in a market uh, under issues of uh, social gatherings and uh, social distancing, so I mean, we're very excited about it. I mean, also because we don't have all the answers because it's a very fluid market, and a lot of products are resold to distributors that get sold to screen printers. So it's hard for us to get a total handle on it, but uh, um, it's very encouraging. And uh, as we moved into October, we continue to see um, further upside in terms of. Uh, more sales and the market
5: share gains. Okay, that's helpful. Maybe a quick follow-up. You mentioned, I think, last quarter that, you know, your expectation is still that by next year, um, sales will recover to, you know, around 80 to 85% of the pre-COVID level by 2021. I know there's still a lot of moving parts, but is that still your view?
3: Well, I mean, from where we are today, I would say, yeah, that's a good view. I mean, uh, you know, we see that in Q3. We see slightly improving so far this quarter, but, you know, the pandemic is uh,
6: also worsening. I mean, uh, what we see in Europe today. uh,
3: um, So, you know, that's really a function of, you know, the overall pandemic and how it affects. But I think that where we are and how we position our business, regardless, I think we're well positioned. We have a good handle on our manufacturing capacity to be able to go up or down or support any demand in the market. Our inventory levels are in very good shape. Our debt has come down and we're continuing to generate more cash flow as we move into Q4 and into Q1 as we continue to focus on our inventories. And when you look at our whole strategy of back to basics, what it means is improving um, our availability, selling and driving price uh, market share by price but ultimately, continuing to reduce the amount of working capital required to support the business. And all those things together are going to continue to play a big part in uh, recovery for us and, and drive share.
5: Great. That's helpful. And best of luck for the rest of the year and continue to stay, stay safe. Thank you.
1: And your next question comes from the line of Vishal Sridhar with National Bank.
5: Hi uh, thanks for taking my questions and uh, congrats on uh, these results in the tough uh, tough period. Um, regarding regarding the uh, your wholesaler uh, um, your wholesaler customers, wondering if you can update us on the state of the inventory in the wholesale channel and uh, and now that we've seen restocking for some period of time, is it reasonable to ex- destocking, sorry, for some period of time? Is it reasonable to expect restocking in the coming quarters? And also, maybe just tag along the financial health of the average uh, wholesale customer.
3: Okay. Well, the the health of our customers, have, you know, are sort of in the same position that we are. They've seen a big recovery uh, in the industry. Um, so, because of most of these products are being sold through our distributors, so as we recover, they've recovered. Um, they also have managed their working capital and their financial stability as well. So, that they're all, we're all in the same, going uh, really in the same direction there. And the inventories, yes, they they probably hit the low at the end of Q3. Um, There'll be a little bit of, um, you know, I would say that they're stable, but they will probably grow a little bit in Q4 as demand continues to uh, grow um, to support the the future sales. But, um, you know, they're in very good shape. Uh, Our customers are in good shape, and um, we're pretty excited in our position right now.
5: Okay, uh, I appreciate that color. And just to follow on to that, with respect to your own um, manufacturing capability and the restrictions imposed with, uh, associated with COVID-19, can you talk about um, Gildan's ability to make sufficient inventory to reflect uh, this seemingly improving demand outlook? And do you foresee any problems related to COVID-19 and uh, and perhaps social distancing and restrictions in your manufacturing footprint? Well, you know, I think
3: that one of the things in our strength is being a vertically integrated manufacturer, and you know when you really see how we performed um, this quarter and how we brought back our production it is a real reflection in, of our strength of our man- manufacturing team itself. We did a great job. Um, you know we brought back capacity to the 75% level, which is lower than you know somewhat the sales level because we were focusing on you know making sure that we continue to drive. Uh, cash flow and uh, bring down our inventories, and we're continuing to increase it as we speak into Q4 to support demand. So we have all the flexibility really to decide how fast we want to go up, and um, you know, and if we have to scale back down, we can do that relatively easy too because we're going to we're going to manage, you know, really what 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 occurs in the market. Um, you know, we've got available capacity to continue growing to 100% to pre-COVID levels. I mean, that's all installed ready to go. We've got capacity that um, is being installed as we speak um, um, from the um, closure of our Mexican uh, facilities that um, we closed down in uh, March. That we're repurposing in Central America, and we're continuing to expand and plan for a Bangladesh expansion, which is planning to come on on Q2 of 2022. So, I think we're in a very good position um, from a manufacturing perspective to continue to support. Um, sales growth, and we're also in a position that if sales you know, curtail, um, we can support that relatively easy um, from where we are today. So, um, in all, I think we're, we're excited. Um, we have all the protocols in our factories, and we redesigned all our plants to have social distancing, the transportation, testing employees every single day when they come in, put tests, uh, temperature scans, um, you know, sanitation of their their footwear, I mean, you know, we, we've put in all the protocol, you know, it is a factor that COVID is, um, you know, quite relevant in Central America, but we've been able to operate and, and control our situation in our factories, um, I think, pretty well um, so far.
5: Thank you.
1: And your next question comes from the line of Sam Kahn
7: with RBC. We're having we're
1: having trouble hearing you. And your line is open. The question was withdrawn. Your next question is from Stephen McLeod with VMO.
4: Thank you. Good morning. 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 Um, I just had a couple questions on the imprintable segment, or actually, sorry, one question on the imprintable segment and then one other. Um, in terms of uh, the imprintables, can you just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, categories where you saw incremental strength between Q2 and Q3 and then where you've seen incremental strength between Q3 and into October?
8: Well, really, in, from Q2
3: to Q3, we saw a big improvement everywhere because, I mean, the sales have obviously material grown. But the categories that are driving is really the fashion basic ring-spun T-shirts. I mean, those are the you know, those actually um, are turning positive in the first uh, part of uh, Q4. Um, they were actually positive in Q3, actually too, as well, and more positive in Q4. Um, our basic um, category was still negative in Q3, but it's actually turned positive so far in Q4. And our fleece was positive in Q3 and continues to accelerate. Um, in Q4. So the, the areas that we're promoting um, and driving our back to basic strategy on price and availability are proving to be uh, the growth drivers of, the, uh, of our sales. The other styles that we have, like we have a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, fringe shoes, fringe items, let's say for example, a long sleeve, a pocket, a tank top, you know, other types of shirts that are not core. Um, a lot of those products get sold into the souvenir, tourism market etc so they haven't um, you know come back as fast as the real basic you know um, basic t-shirt let's say for example so what's driving it is the fashion category um, even basics now have obviously, know, like I said have come back into positive territory just this, this one month and police uh, has been strong
4: pretty much uh, all through uh, even two two maybe two three. great thank you um, and then on, on the margin side, uh, you know, you had some nice growth in Q3 um, sequentially, and um, and you talked about sort of margins normalizing um, or certainly the mixed impact normalizing. And can you just talk a little bit about how you expect that to evolve, and then do you still view that 30% level as potentially attainable as you get into 2021, 2022? Yeah, I mean, if you,
2: if you look at the margin, uh, Stephen, how it's evolved, right? We have seen those uh, the impacts that we called out as we as we moved from Q2 to Q3, and uh, you can see them continue to evolve as we move into into Q4. So we had in Q2 we had a lot of period cost. In Q3 we also had period cost. We called it out 250 basis points, right? As we met, ran our manufacturing. Uh, on average, about 70% utilization, 75 at the end of the quarter, and then as we move into Q4, that will improve as we as we continue to ramp up our production. So effectively, that will diminish. On the mix side, we have seen the evolution of the mix. Right, quite negative in in Q2, Q3 also negative, 280 basis point impact, and then as we move into Q4, effectively as the mix starts to normalize, that should diminish. Uh, you know, we we still have uh, mixed impacts, like as Glenn called out, fridge products, the pockets, things like those. Uh, they do have a negative impact, and if that's not in your mix, you don't uh, you don't get that. But effectively, as we continue, our sales continue to come back. We do see uh, see po- uh, positive mix overall. Um, fleece is an area where effectively we probably, uh, in if you look at Q3. Effectively, some of that has shifted into Q4 for a number of different reasons, and that's, uh, that drives uh, positive margin. So overall, I would say our, our margin is evolving as effectively everything uh, normalizes as we drive to 21. If you look at our longer-term targets, I mean, we very definitely are driving towards those targets. It's going to take some time. We called that out uh, last quarter. Effectively, previously we had said that we thought we would be able to pre-COVID hit those targets by the end of uh, 21 on a run rate basis. I think you have to push that back now, given what's going on from a uh, from a COVID perspective, uh, right? Because you've got to get to a more normalized uh, environment, a normalized uh, environment overall, where our print where our business is back to where it was in uh, in 2019. But we're still going after those targets.
4: Okay, that's uh, that's helpful. Thank you, and congrats on the great quarter. Thank you.
1: And your next question is from the line of Mark Petrie with CIBC.
9: Hey, good morning. Um, working capital, obviously, been very, very strong. Rod, you highlighted your optimism for Q4. So is this just representative of a permanently, you know, more efficient operating structure uh, as a result of the reduced SKU count? Uh, And what sort of runway do you see for this sort of further, uh, potentially further reduction in working capital, or are we sort of at a relatively stable level once we see the further benefit in Q4? Well,
7: we're going to continue to work on it, right? And I think
9: if you look at uh, the working
2: capital, as we simplify our overall structures, we've effectively worked on our product portfolio, I mean, everything associated with back-to-basics. Uh, Will translate ultimately into improved working capital, better turns, and so we've done a lot, and you're seeing the benefit come through. But we still have more to do. As we said, we're working on our, our retail portfolio, uh, and we'll be doing that in, in Q4. And those types of, of initiatives they ultimately translate into better working capital performance as you uh, as you move forward. So I wouldn't say that uh, we're done. We've done a lot, uh, but I wouldn't say we're done yet. And Mark. Mark, and uh, we are, we'll be looking to drive better efficiency as we move uh, into 21 on the back of, I would say, strong performance in 20.
3: And then not only does it um, improve our working capital, but also going to lower SGNA and and improve our efficiency of our distribution centers and other parts of our business. So, um, and also, it will allow us to keep more inventory. Even though our inventories are coming down, we're going to have more inventory in the area so that we can improve our availability and our service to our customers basically. So it's a win-win. We'll have less inventory, lower cost, better availability. That's what to Basics is all about. Yeah, understood. Thanks.
9: Um, and and just with regards to the performance in the in, in retail uh, and your private label program, how much uh, and, and the growth there, I guess also in the Gildan brand too, but but predominantly private label it sounds like. So how much of the growth there was increased shelf space uh, versus improving velocity? And is there any visibility to any further change in shelf space, or are, we, are you sort of stable uh, with where you are at today? Thanks. Well, I think that the, the growth is because of both shelf space and velocity,
3: really, at the end of the day, right? So we've uh, continued to uh, take share. Um, our products are doing very well. Um, and, you know, we're looking to continue growing as we move forward into the future. So we're pretty excited about the level of growth. Um, and, um, you know, I think this is a continued operation, as we move forward,
9: and POS continues to uh, Okay, appreciate all the comments. All the best. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And your next question is from Luke Hennon with Concord
9: Thanks. Good morning, um, <clears throat> Glenn. I was wondering if you could uh, give a little bit of color on the the retail uh, segment of, of the active division. Just curious to know. Uh, what the trends are like for the different sort of end customers there, um, specifically like the retail, cha- uh, the, the specialty channel, um, and, and maybe mass, and maybe just uh, some of the other different customers and, and how POS is trending uh, amongst those.
3: Yeah, our retail sales um, overall were flat, but our mass products were actually up. And some of our products that we sell to global lifestyle brands were um, down um, in the quarter. Um, so our mass is actually doing
9: very well. Okay, thanks. And Rod, you had touched on uh, that manufacturing capacity was at uh, 75%, I think, um, as of the end of the quarter. Just curious to know if that number has changed significantly since uh, quarter end. we pushed it up, right? So effectively we're at 75 and we've continued to
2: bring it up as we've moved into, uh, into Q4. And we're bringing it up in line with,
3: you know, the, uh, the trend of POS in the industry, right? Um, Still keeping in mind um, trying to manage our working capital and inventory levels, so that's sort of how we used to look at
9: it. Okay, thanks for the comments.
1: And your next question is from the line of Brian Morrison with TD Securities.
2: Hey, good morning. I just want to follow up on that point actually, Rod. Can you just maybe put a number to Q4 capacity utilization, maybe an early outlook for 2021? as it's going to impact the expense of period costs. And then just in terms of mix, are you simply referring to lower fleece and higher retail in terms of uh, the, weight, the weight on gross margin right now? So if you look at capacity utilization, I mean, I think, you know, again, we're not giving guidance for the quarter, but effectively I think given where we're currently running, probably around 85% is uh, is a good number, right, uh, ultimately. Uh Probably where we're going to settle out for uh, for Q, Q Q4, and then if we look at um, uh, the, mar- the gross margin, effectively the you know the impact of uh, gross margin, it doesn't it does normalize as we sort of revert back to I would say the historical levels right as our sales moves up because again I would say across all of our product lines right we get to, we just get a better mix I would say. Uh, on average, but if you look at um, if you look at Q four, I mean, there will, there will be some things that uh, will drive it. as I said as well as you touched upon period cost uh, will will help. Um, fleece is going to help uh, more generally. And so again, I think with the way to think about that uh, that mix impact, you know we were six hundred basis points, we were two hundred and eighty basis points uh, down this quarter. And then I would say there's just a steady progression as we keep moving forward um, as, our, uh, as our sales come back. Okay, thank you. And then, Glenn, um, just in terms of opportunities with global travel restrictions and your cost structure improvement and obviously more just-in-time requirements, I'm curious if you're seeing hot- heightened opportunities in GLB or private label, label that's typically outsourced
5: from Asia.
3: Well, we're seeing a lot of demand from um, large printers vendors that service all the retailers and online sellers. I mean, that's really been a big catalyst to our POS growth. Um,
6: because look at it I mean, at
3: the end of the day, you know people that have brands and want to repurpose a shirt, they can take a Gildan product either fashion basic or fleece. you know all of our garments have tearaway labels, they can quickly you know change the label on the product and rebrand all of our products. So you know we're a conduit for success for a quick turn. Um, onshoring. I mean, just in general, when people look to make a, regulating a screen printed type product, I think that the part about the bigger picture, about the onshoring and the global supply chain, you know, I think that's still a big opportunity for us as we move into 21, because you know a lot of big companies, retailers, uh, large, large large users of product, you know, have been fending off COVID and managing. Their overall global inventories and crisis management, etc. But when the dust settles and people look to grow and how they're going to manage their business as they go forward, you well, know, obviously the lack of travel, um, the convenience of purchasing in this hemisphere, I think, is going to be a big plus for us, and also the speed to market, um, you know, the five weeks versus the you know five five months on those from Asia. So, you know, I think we're well positioned. Um, right now, we're getting a lot of that at once business that's being screen printed, that's being servicing surf- a lot of the mass uh, retailers as well as the online sellers. And I think that the next step for us is to see some, uh, some big opportunities potentially coming in the, our way as the, as the, the markets recover. And,
2: and sorry, are you stating that based on discussions to date or just your intuition? It's more
3: my intuition. and Partly some discussions, yes. Right.
5: Thanks very much.
1: Your next question is from Jim Duffy with
10: the D4. Thank you. Good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, I have a question on the retail market landscape. Can you speak to any differences that you're seeing in POS versus your reported sales? I'm curious to what extent growth in 3Q was replenishment of depleted inventories exiting 2Q, uh, how that compares to POS trends. And then if you could speak about quarter-to-date POS trends and how that fits with what you're seeing in your ship, so that would be helpful. Well, Q3 is uh,
3: is obviously the biggest um, um, part of the year for uh, you know, for underwear in particular. Leave. So, and then all of our POS was driven by point of sale. I mean, we basically uh, you know we're actually chasing product right now, to be honest with you, because of our sales were so strong. So, it's uh, it's all point of sale. Um, you know, we've seen uh, POS um, slightly come down a little bit from these levels in the first part of October. Um, but that's seasonal. I mean, you only know, have a spike back to school, and then basically you have a big spike towards the end of uh, the holiday season. So, But um, overall, we're very encouraged. It's all based on growth, on point of sale, with consumers buying our products, basically, uh,
9: at retail.
10: Thank you. Glenn, can you comment on uh, the competitive environment in, in printables? Are competitors matching your promotional stance? Uh, and then in- you know, it sounds like you think distributor destocking is complete here. At what point would you expect to get to a more normalized
3: pricing environment? Well, we think that look at our, our objective is to leverage uh, our back to basic strategy, and the first pillar of our back to basic strategy after we've done skew rationalization is price and availability. Um, so we're going to continue to be very aggressive on price for the foreseeable future. Um, we think we can do that and still obtain our margin objectives because we're going to be driving manufacturing efficiencies as well as SG&A reductions associated with our back to basic strategy. So, you know, our objective right now is um, you know continue to uh, build our leadership position, drive market share in the categories that were underdeveloped, particularly in the fashion, basic, bricks fund category. Um, and, um, you know, we, we think we're going to continue to do this uh, foreseeable future through 2021 um, is definitely our, our plan, um, and it's paying dividends because we're seeing, you know, market share growth, um, and, um, and we're also seeing. I think we're getting market share gains um, and, and gaining market share through, the, through our pricing strategy. So we can continue to do it. We don't believe that our competitors have the staying power to even continue this type of pricing, because um, we're leveraging our low-cost manufacturing, um, and they don't have the same cost structure as we do. So there may be some short-term competitors matching, but on a longer-term basis, uh, we believe that, um, that price and availability will win for us, and uh, we're gonna get back on the offensive and making sure that we continue to drive share in our developed categories.
10: And just one quick follow-up, if I may, related to that. Um, is the market environment now stable enough such that if there were M&A opportunities that presented themselves, you'd uh, be ready to capitalize on that?
3: Well, I think we're, we're very happy and we believe that um, with the capacity we got coming online, um, bring it up to pre-COVID levels and then expanding our capacity beyond including the expansion of Bangladesh, we can continue to do that organically with all the opportunities that we do have. And that's part of our back-to-basic strategy is you know, focus on maximizing our capacity, utilizing it, and we have a lot of capacity that's available between you know the repurposing of our Mexican capacity as well as the Bangladeshi uh, capacity coming online, which is only phase one. We also have a phase two. So, you know, we've got enough in front of us, we think, to continue driving uh, sales, um, and that's why we're focusing on our price, our availability, and our market share.
10: Thank you.
1: And your next question comes from the line of Mauricio Cerner with EBS.
8: Hi, good morning, and, and thanks for taking my questions. Um, I want to ask if you could provide a little bit more insight on how the end user segments have behaved throughout the quarter. I mean, particularly very interested to see how you're seeing, you know, some of like, like the corporate work and also like the social events. Do you see? How do you see that evolving maybe next year I and mean, how much you, would you expect that, expect that to come back?
3: Well, right now, the good news is is that the the end user is still getting our products through different opportunities. In other words, you know, mass retail or online selling, you know, they're making up the void, I think, of of the tourism and travel. Um, So the question is going to be, you know, it's all a function of the pandemic. Um, When social gatherings uh, commence again, and then we'll see, uh, you know, the traditional business come back. So I can't really answer that question because I don't know, when that will happen, um, but the good news is, is that despite all these events not occurring, you know we're very encouraged with our POS um, almost coming back to normalization, um, and that's a function of us taking share as well as the market recovering and finding ways to bring product to the end user. So I can't really answer that question to be totally honest with you, but that's answer.
8: Uh, okay, understood. Uh, and just one quick uh, follow-up: you were also mentioning that probably sales might uh, rebound next year to around 80, 85 uh, percent pre-COVID. So, how should we think about the SGNA Because I mean, you ha- have implemented the uh, back-to-basic strategy. So, just con- uh, wondering, like, how much of the sGNA should we see that bounce back? Uh, you know, next year, assuming there's like a more normalized environment.
2: Now, on the SG&A point, we will see uh, volume-driven uh, distribution costs, right, that will roll into our SG&A. But I mean, I think the, the way to think about SG&A more, more broadly is that we're driving to this twelve percent target, uh, right? Uh, we have two targets: our gross margin target and an SG&A target. And the twelve percent uh, SG&A is something that we think that uh, we're very close to. We were below that uh, this quarter, and we think we can run at that level or better as we uh, as we move into twenty one.
8: Understood. Thank you very much, and congratulations.
1: And your final question comes from the line of Sapa Khan with RBC Capital.
7: Uh, thanks. Uh, just on the commentary in the press release around the rationalization of kind of the retail offering, can you maybe talk about, you know, the $25 million potential charge that you talked about? Can you talk about which focus areas? within your portfolio that might be from and sort of what's driving this rationalization or just a review of the strategy on the retail side. Thanks.
3: Well, we're just continuing to optimize our business. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to simplify our retail businesses. You know, as the market continues to consolidate, um, you know, we have um, mass growing, we have basically um, online selling growing. So, You know, we want to focus on our growth drivers and making sure that uh, we have our products associated with those um, uh, areas of distribution. And simplifying our product line, the amount of assortment that we have, the complexity of the products we're selling and reducing the SKUs in order to improve efficiency like we did in Primware. We think that all this will help us to drive sales as we go forward, um, reduce our inventory levels, reduce our SG&A, and actually improve margins. And ultimately that's what we're looking to do is implement the same back-to-basic strategy in retail um, as we did in the printware market. So um, you can see from our results um, in printware, it's paid uh, big dividends. Um, we think we have the same type of opportunity in retail um, and it's just a function of staying focused and, uh, and driving our strategy. So it's the united front. And um, we're looking and very excited about uh, our positioning
7: of where we're doing. Okay. And then I know there's been a bit of discussion on the call around, you know, kind of the current POS being down only 10% versus prior year. And it seems like even in the absence of any large gatherings, you know, other channels like online and resellers have stepped up. And when the pandemic started, there was a bit of concern that if the corporate spend goes away, maybe not all of it comes back. You know, how are you thinking about this new channels that have popped up, like the online demand, work from home consumer buying some of these products? Like do you think maybe that adds to the end market over time, maybe replaces some of the lost um demand that might be there on the corporate side when we come out the other side? Like, how are you thinking about how the end market looks today and the fact that you're ninety percent of back to kind of twenty nineteen levels, even without large events?
3: Well, I would say that uh Intuition would tell you that the market is going to grow for us when the recovery fully happens, and that's probably the way we would look at it. I mean, when you think about it, you know, we're very efficient um, supply chain um, between the online and also we're also servicing a lot of large screen printers and buying products um, that are servicing, you know, retailers, uh, mass market, um, things that get screen printed traditionally. So, um, you know, I think that overall, I would say to you, to answer your question, the market is growing. Um, because the channel distribution is expanding, <clears throat> so when when travel does come back, and corporate promotional spending does come back. Um, definitely, we will have a bigger market um, than we had before COVID.
7: Great, thank you.
1: And there are no further
0: questions at this time. Okay, I'd like to thank, uh, thank everyone for joining us today, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you very soon. Have a good day, and stay safe.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. I may now disconnect.